Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fleeting Thoughts, an altered TCG podcast, part of the Main Deck podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And today we're actually going to be uh, going over a topic that was brought to light by a commenter. Uh, go ahead and read the comment for us, Dan. Yes, uh, WMK. Wait, no, I did it wrong already. W oh, no. D. Oh my god, I can't say this. D W. It's just four letters. D W M K. I don't know why it was so unreadable for me. Um, D W M K on Reddit commented on one of our posts of the of the uh, just a podcast episode and asked. I would really love an episode that compares Altered and Star Wars Unlimited. Seeing how they're both new upcoming TCGs and they both have that back and forth mechanic, I really wonder which one's going to come out on top. So this was a I, this was a great question because it's something that Jordan, you and I, in fact, when we were at Gen Con, came out of that meeting, we were we were like looking at each other and laughing, but like this this was surprisingly similar to Star Wars Unlimited in a number of ways, which we had just come out of the demos for. Um, yeah, it was a uh, very interesting, and I remember uh, at some point too when you did the—I can't remember if you did it before or after—you were in an interview with the Star Wars Unlimited developers, and kind of were like, "It's kind of interesting. Uh, this new game that you guys probably heard about uh, coming out has some very similar mechanics." And it was funny to know that they also had a meeting with each other and had a funny discussion of like, "It's it's weird how some of these ideas kind of coincided separately in two spaces." They were not working or in contact with each other, and neither had seen the other's rule sets when the game had, you know, begun development on either side. So it was just like a, a weird happy accident that they both happened to land on some of these core mechanics that are very similar, but also very different in a lot of ways, which we will be talking about today. Yes, both actually both games, too, were in development for about three years. Um, both starting around 2020. So yeah, it's just a super weird coincidence. But <laughs> before, before we get, we into get to that, oh, oh, we both did it at the same time. Go no, ahead, Jordan. Before we get into that, uh, Gavkin, we did not forget about you. You might be yes. thinking we're answering a question. But before we answer that topic, we're going to answer your question, which we had meant to answer on the last podcast and kind of got lost in the sauce and forgot about it. But this time you are not forgotten we remembered this time. So for those who may not remember from our mailroom podcast, the question from Gavkin on Discord was, which of your or which is your favorite hero so far? What abilities would you like to see on a hero and in which faction? Where do you see Altered Falling in the top 10 most played TCGs next year, 2025? So this is funny. It was like, it, it's kind of like if you know in The Hobbit when uh, Bilbo cheats in the riddle contest and he gives two answers at once. This is this is actually like four questions <laughs> all in one. <laughs> um, so Jordan, why don't you start? What? Let's start with the first one. We'll do each, each one one at a time. Which is your favorite hero so far? And since we got this question, we had a bunch of other heroes revealed as well, not just the six core ones. So which one has spoken to you the most? that is a fantastic question um having not played any of them other than the six core and technically when this question was asked we didn't know about the other ones that were revealed there's some new exciting ones but i will just go with the six core at the time um, and i would probably have to go with axiom um, however they have been nerfed rightly so to be fair uh you know putting down a permanent for one and getting a two, two anywhere, being able to do that multiple times or using something like the jammer and being able to get max value out of that and get a free dude on the board. 
was a bit oppressive in the beginning, capping the, or not capping, but having a, a, a floor of a three cost in order for you to get that permanent effect, I think is a, a fair uh, swing. It doesn't nerf it completely to where it's unusable, but it makes it so in the early game, you don't get, you know, bombastic amounts of value out of one, one drop kind of deal. So I think they, they nerfed it adequately. It's still very usable and very potent. And that is definitely uh, probably my favorite faction. Um, your favorite fa- So Sierra and Oddball, though, specifically, is your favorite your favorite hero? Yeah, at the, at the time of that, um, like I said, I haven't dove too deep. They haven't revealed the third one either. Um, the new one does look pretty slick. Uh, I like the, it's the resupply mechanic, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. It does a lot with that, which if those remembered, I said there's there might be a resupply hero coming with all the extra resupply stuff that i saw so that's that's to be to be expected the third one i'm excited to see as well i'm wondering what they're going to do because they got the permanent cover they got the resupply so i'm wondering if it's going to be like an out of left field ability dan might have an idea of what it is i actually have seen i have seen the third one um if i if i remember right (laughs) i don't know the i don't remember the whole effect but i believe it involved scrap counters something like that i think it involves some scrap countering sorry count counters not countering not like a counter spell but uh, yeah uh i think it's i think it's like sort of like a some some kind of a junkyard scrapper type character who puts together some some contraptions by uh building up scrap counters so okay okay and actually i just pulled it up that is the one that they revealed already so oh my did memory I? oh shoot the I, I remember you were telling me, I think, about one that does something with resupply. So the scrap counter is the the newest one that they revealed. Okay. Tracedis and Rossum. Yes. The, yep, then the I've like, just mixed them up. Sorry. I don't remember which one. Uh, I don't remember what the last one does. But yeah, um, as far as things that I'd like to see, um, honestly, they seem to have all the bases covered with what they got. There's, you know, some obviously like wild stuff that I'd like to see that would probably be too too potent or just stuff that adds like crazy new mechanics. Like I'd like to see just cause I like wild and crazy potential, like break the deck building strategy. I'd like to have a, an effect on a character that lets you choose another faction and play like X amount of cards in the deck that are not your faction. I think that would be fun and, you know, open the doorway to huge amounts of random cool combos you could find. You know, limit it to like you can only play commons of this, so you don't get some crazy like things that are just too off the rails. But that would be, I think, that would be a cool effect on a character. Is just a simple you can use a bunch of cross faction stuff that are limited by a certain amount. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, I was about to start answering, but hold, let me let me start at the beginning of the question uh, yeah. because you you already had me thinking about some interesting ideas. Um, my favorite hero so far, I have to go, I, I just bonded with him so much uh, at the, the launch event, but it's Arjun and Spike, um, the Muna hero that allows you to discard a card from your reserve to anchor the next three or less drop that you play that turn. Um, what I love about this is being able to turn any card in your supply into the, the, uh, the supportability of Muna Druid um, uh, allows you to do some really, really fun things because one, another thing Muna likes to do is have some very, very stat efficient three drops that have 
contingencies on on them being efficient. So um, there are, I mean, we we all know Daughter of Yggdrasil. We all know that one. You've you've either lost to it or got, or won with it because the stats are just massive on that thing. Um, especially the rare version that allows you both to draw a card just feels like it feels like gas. Um, I just actually recently started posting some exalted gameplay videos, which uh, sounds like people have really enjoyed. So I'm really happy about that. Um, but on the channel, we're continuing every week. We're posting at least one exalted gameplay video. And the last one I did was a, a really just kind of an off the wall Muna build is not meant to be optimal by any stretch, but charge was in Muna and I like charge. I'm like, I, I have half the card pool, but I'm going to try and build a deck that charges because charge is really fun. Um, and uh, in that game, <laughs> in that gameplay video, there's a, a game against Bravos that gets very intense in the tiebreakers. And these daughter of Yggdrasils just, they just, you get so many stats and they just kept the cards flowing throughout the game. Um, that is really useful when you're trying to go wide too, just to be able to have a hand of more things that uh, to play to to not run out of stuff. So I love that. Um, I love uh, young, 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 young Sue. I can't remember his name. Is that that what his name is? I don't know. The the one who's when you give uh, two two or more plants, he comes in is like just gigantic. He's a five five for three five 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 for three. If you have two or more plants. Um, or the rare version is a four, four, four for two. Um, those, you know, those are examples of three drops with, uh, with some contingencies on, on, you know, how you get that power, basically that Arjun just gets to anchor down easily. Um, I love how it plays with the resupply mechanic, um, as well, allowing you to like play certain cards. There's, there's some cards that aren't in the card pool yet, um, that we haven't seen that, allow you to get that resupply a little more easily, a little more consistently. Um, there is at least one more three drop I've seen that has a contingent ability um, that you can build around, but that you would be pretty happy to anchor down, I think. Um, so yeah, he's just fun. He's fun. He's strong, I think too, like very potent. Um, and also his little, his little imaginary friends, little cactus. And like, that's just dope. <laughs> I really like the art on that. The little cactus is adorable. Yeah, it's great. So, um, so Arjun's my favorite uh, so far. Um, out of the original six, it probably would have been Teja too. I don't know why, dude. I've just like I've grown so attached to Muna. Muna is so much fun to play. I could play Muna all day long. It's just a blast, and there are a bunch of cool builds and cool cards, and it has Beauty Sleep. And Beauty Sleep is just an unfair feeling card sometimes. <laughs> um. What would I like to see on a hero and in which faction? So, boy, I mean, that's when you were talking, Jordan, about your idea of like expanding how you build your deck. You got me thinking like, I don't know when we would see an ability like this, um, but I think it'd be really cool if a character, one of a character's abilities or their main ability or something was you can play more uniques in your deck or something. Like your deck can have five uniques in it, or it can't be like, it can't be too much, right? It can't be too crazy. But I think something like that would be just really fun. Um, I think there's potential too for like outside of, we, we like to think a lot about like, just, you know, what's in a booster set, but when they develop this multiplayer format or when they start developing other, or when they release the rules from the multiplayer, multiplayer format, start developing other ways to build decks and other ways to play. It's totally possible to get some new leaders, some new heroes in, have to transition between every card game's terminology. Um, 
new heroes in that can have some more interesting effects like that too that sort of like uh break the rules of the game a little bit more um i i i think one thing i would like to see and i don't know if i don't know when we would see something like this but so ortis is a great faction obviously it's the one that like is the best performing in the current card pool um Izmir ha- is the faction that has the the card that allows you to when you when you sack a uh, when you sacrifice. Wait, have we seen it yet? Shoot, I don't know if I was about to say something. <laughs> ah, it almost got me. Izmir has some. Izmir has a uh, one of the remaining heroes has to do with sacrificing things. Um, I'll just say that much because that would have been, I think, a fairly easy guess anyway. Looking at some of the card pool, um, I would like to see an Ordis hero that allows you to use your tokens that doesn't even have to necessarily be sacrificing them but but using your tokens to pay for resource costs or to um to just do something interesting where you can turn what are normally stats into some sort of value or something or like maybe you get to sleep tokens or something like just to like build up turns where you have like you have it's kind of like a bravos thing where you have a turn where you have less power and then a turn you have enormous power um doing stuff like that i think there'd be i think there's so many interesting ways to take this but i could probably talk about this question all day uh but yeah those are um those are some of the ideas i have all right that sounds sick so uh then the last little bit of his question where do you see altered falling in the top 10 most played tcgs of 2025 um in the top okay so this this was a this is such a such a difficult question where do you see altered falling in the top 10 most played tcgs in 2025 so top 10 now <laughs> the the tcg space has about more or less 30 games it's around that number that are in like regular distribution um that are that will be i mean it's going to be a little more than that by 2025. Um, and we know there are three that are just kind of like, like, like as big as we're a huge fan of smaller TCGs here. So we have to also be realistic, like breaking MTG Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh breaking through those barriers is not something that will happen in any game's first year. Um, it's just not, uh as far as number of players playing the game and i think a lot of people like to point out things like number of players who attend tournaments like one piece has had some massive events uh flesh and blood has had some massive events um i think just recently there was a star city con star city games con that an scg con that had flesh and blood and mtg events at it and i believe the flesh and blood event was higher attended than the mtg event um which is interesting because star city games was like a major mtg retailer also yeah it, it does make sense, though, that it, like the smaller games would have bigger tournament showouts simply because Magic players have a million different venues within like 10 minutes of your house to play events at. Um, the bigger ticketed events or invite events are going to naturally be smaller because they're able to weed out a bulk of the people at the smaller regional events and like regional regional events, like whatever that term is. Um, for magic are going to be filtered out or people just get their their tournament fix locally um, much easier and in much higher capacity versus the smaller games you know the smaller games we play have if we're lucky like 10 bigger events a year if it's a really good like rolling card game so like 
and the chances of them being close enough for you to realistically spend money to go to it are not super high. So it's like those tournaments are going to be more packed on average because those are, you know, for lack of a better word, the only time to play a tournament for those games. See, see everyone, this is why Jordan is co-host on the podcast. That's, (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what happens in these smaller card games. The other thing is that magic has a massive, and and the thing I I wanted to get at too, it's like, there's, it's sort of a two prong thing. The other prong of it is that casual players make up huge, huge swath of the player base of all three of those games, all three of the big ones. Uh, But magic in particular is the one where casual play through commander has really taken hold of a lot of that player base. So you what I wanted to get at was exactly that, that you can look at the numbers, the turnout for events, but it does it never tells you the actual picture of what's going on. It's just a piece of the puzzle. You know, um, Universes, which is one of the smaller uh, but longer running card games out there, had like 400 players at Nationals this year. It's their biggest Nationals ever, uh, which is awesome. But players get funneled into events like that. So it's it's hard to like directly compare that. Because if you just tried to direct compare that to Magic, you'd be like, well, you know, Magic had like two or three times more players at their biggest event this year. So like, Magic's two or three times bigger than universes, which it would be a laughable statement. Um, yeah. ma- magic is is a magnitudes magnitudes bigger than most uh, of these smaller card games. But yeah, but, but players just players just have options, and some of those options are just playing casually at home, and they, a lot of players just do that. So, um, so I guess that, all that's to say that it's it's tough to nail down um, how to define the top 10 most played TCGs. Uh, because if you're just going to go like number of players, um, Altered Altered has one of, it, currently the second most successful TCG Kickstarter of all time, which is still ongoing as we're recording this podcast. Um, the most successful TCG Kickstarter of all time, though, I think ranks as one of the least played TCGs currently on the market. Um, which is sorcery. Sorcery is a highly casual game. I'm not saying people don't play it. Just to, don't get me wrong. But um, it's a highly casual game that hasn't, and I don't know if they will build out a true organized play structure um, at any point. And so, it, number one, it's tough to gauge numbers on it. But number two, I, I keep tabs on the community, and it's just, it's a common thread. People are having difficulty finding new players locally, which... I mean, I'm not going to get too on a tangent, but that's kind of what happens when you don't build an organized play program and, and engage your LGSs with your game. So um, thankfully, in Altered, we have uh, we have some wonderful people such as Justin, who are on the organized play team. who are going to be helping build this out also. But we have other games, too, to look at, like Bandai has some very popular games, One Piece especially is huge. And they've got um, I think Dragon Ball Fusion World is going to be a pretty big game for them. I think Union Arena is going to be a pretty big game for them. Bandai relies on IPs, and IPs get a lot of traction. I think uh, Star Wars Unlimited, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is going to be taking off quite a bit too. Um, I think, I guess all this is to say, when you start adding all these games in, top 10 gets pretty crowded pretty quickly with a lot of games that have pretty high floors. Um they're just like, you know, 
you you can get a lot of people interested in altered, but the number of people who just like One Piece is just <laughs> bigger. <laughs> um, we talk about this a lot in other in other contexts and podcasts, but like when we talk about an IP game, IPs have a floor of players because there's just some number of players who love that that show, that TV show, that movie, that comic, whatever, who will be interested in buying it. Whereas when it's a new IP like Altered, it's you have to go like show them the game and be like you are going to like this and then they'll try it and then the you know and then they'll like the game but they just don't naturally it's harder to get that sort of casual audience just to pick it up for fun because they just like one piece so they buy it um i would say that in 2025 altered has the ability to rank within 10 through 10 through seven i'm gonna say 10th through 7th um which is like a huge like uh, that's not saying anything bad about the game that's saying something very good about the game um i don't know that it will because we still have to see how people take in the game it might take a little bit to build up um the excitement for the game like flesh and blood was a game that built up also a popular game built up very very slowly it took them about three or four years to really get like roll there well they're on year four now i think it took them about two two or three years i'll say to really get rolling um and sometimes it is a slow build up with a new ip like this so i wouldn't be shocked if alter didn't fall in the top 10 next year just because it might be a slower build but i also wouldn't be too surprised if it if it does really shake people and get people interested but i think if it does it's 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 gonna top out at seven and that's just because of how many other games have already been building and have these popular ips and um and you just rome isn't built in a day you just have to give games time so yeah. i don't i'm sorry i answered very comprehensively jordan what do you think no, no, no problem at all we love <laughs> comprehension uh, i was just gonna say that falls fairly in line with my my uh my my bet which is seventh or eighth um doing it in one year is going to like you said it'll be tough I feel like it definitely has the ability to, but it's very, this game also has some hurdles that it has to get over in the beginning. Um, as far like public eye hurdles that other games don't necessarily have and not having that immediately recognizable, like Disney characters, one piece, Digimon, oh, yeah, like too. the big IPs, <laughs> star Wars, like star Wars is a huge IP and that's going to bring in droves of players just because it has star Wars in it. Like you could, like there's been games that are not great in like the board gaming world, but since it has star Wars on it, it turns into one of the better selling board games. Cause people just like that IP and this doesn't have a good IP. It has what some people consider questionable. Well, hold, um, hold on. Like doesn't have a good IP. It doesn't sorry, have sorry. a known have a recognizable. IP. Yeah. Let me see. Sorry. <laughs> by, by good. I do not. I love the IP. You just, you literally has. just killed Yoshi. <laughs> no i'm sorry no no i love the ip i meant good in the sense of like people look at it and they're like ah that's something i recognize here yeah. there's small hints on some of the cards you're like oh that looks like that you know the story that i used to be told as a child kind of deal or like that looks vaguely like this nursery rhyme or something. like there's hints here and there but it's not like as recognizable as looking over and be like that's mickey mouse i know what that is that's pikachu that's luke skywalker but um ultimately that'll in the first opening gates that's what really builds in the crowd quickly but i feel like because of its mechanics because of its great art style because of its ability to 
have like non-combative features that makes it more open to families. Um, the rule set is simple enough where kids could learn and have a good time, but complex enough with a lot of decision making that's very impactful to capture more hardcore card game players. Um, it's it's kind of got the whole package going for it, so it has the ability to, but it's going to require some dice rolling to do it in one year. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's I think I think I, I'm, I'm putting on my super realistic hat and not not every listener likes that um, all the time because it's 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 nice to be very excited and, and optimistic about everything. Um, I certainly don't think altered is in a bad position, but I do think we have to consider the time it takes for people to get over um, some of their concerns with the game for retailers to prove the viability of the game um, and for uh, people to also like people who get involved in other TCGs to, to give them time to, I don't know how to put this to, to fall out of their sort of excitement with other TCGs and decide to give alter to try maybe. Um, there, there are a number of just things that, I mean, time, time is just needed. So 2025, you know, I'd say again, there's potential to be in that top 10. It would be in the lower rung of it. I think we both agree on that. Um, yeah. Just because it's just, you can't fight against some of those IPs that fast. It's not possible. Yeah. You um, got the big three, you got one piece, you got Lorcana, which like, isn't like smashing it out of the park, but it's Disney. So it, by default, like you said, that floor it's in there. Star Wars, by default, whether the game lives or dies, there's going to be that floor of Star Wars fans. And that's already six places. So, like, and there's Flesh a couple and Blood other should be yeah, in there. And... Flesh and Blood will, is definitely going to be in there. I'm just not sure yep. where. It's possible they could take over Flesh and Blood, but they've been growing, you know, slowly yep. but strongly for like four or five years now. Yeah. So, like, they've, they have a big head start. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely possible for Altered, but. Um, yeah, I, I think so, it would, I think realistically, they just more, more we talk about it. I think in the, in it's like first year here, it won't, it, it might, sales wise, it might, you know, be gangbusters, which is, which is great. People, their excitement about it. Like I can see set one selling out, um, when people get super excited about it, uh, and having to go to another print run and everything, um, and when people hunting for uniques, um, but uh, that player base is just going to take some time to build. It's just going to take a little bit. And I, I mean, I would, I would say I, I'm going to actually downgrade to 10th is where it can hit. I'm going to, I, I know again, people, people don't like that being, being, but I'm being realistic just that there are a lot of exciting games uh, from like, you guys have to understand Bandai when Bandai puts out a new card game which they're, which they're doing two, they're doing two this year when they put out a new card game, it sells. Um, the one that didn't is Battle Spirits. It was a to- it's a totally different experience because all their other ones, they just put a good IP on it. They put an approachable game on it. And like Jordan was super pumped about Digimon years ago. Um, and then they and banned it. Then, and <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not talking about their follow through at all here, but I'm saying that just when new ga- card games come out with IPs that people love and like the two, the IPs they have this year are Dragon Ball Z as its own game, another Dragon Ball Z game, but one that's more we'll approachable. We'll count that like one as one half piece. a game because its rule set's going to be very similar to the the current game. It's just it's actually more similar to One Piece, honestly, than <laughs> than um 
uh, Dragon Ball Super Masters. But still, yeah, okay, fine. Half a game, whatever. Um, but then the Union Arena has a bunch uh, of big IPs. Hunter, it, Hunter, gonna... Bleach, Demon Slayer uh, is like a very popular anime. Um, some other some other ones, uh, you know, whatever. Point is. Th- those are already going to be competing also um, just for like number of players. So it's it's. But I think Altered has greater potential in the long run than a lot of those. Number one, because I like the company a lot better <laughs> um, that's running the game uh, personally. Um, but number two, what what Altered is setting up has just so much potential to to, you know, again, be revolutionary like we've talked about. So um, we just have to see. I would if you ask me if it's a top 10 game in 2028. If it's if everything goes well, sure, like, absolutely. Um, we just have to we, you know, have to see the right decisions, have to see the right moves. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think it's got a huge, hugely bright future. It's just tough to guess, like one year. Yeah, away. for sure. Well, yeah. Uh, but so now onward to the main topic. But before that, Dan, I think you have some announcements for us a little later than normal. I, I, I do. Um, I didn't mean to spend half the episode talking about Gavkin's question either, but <laughs> maybe, you know what, Gavkin, that's, that's, uh, that's because we failed to get your we question answered. We wanted to answered. pay you uh, yeah. the, the respect needed for forgetting about it last time. That is, that is your question answered with interest. Um, <laughs> so before we jump to the main topic, we always have to just shout out really quick. Uh, if you enjoy fleeting thoughts, if you enjoy listening to this, there are a couple ways you can support us. Obviously, we've been getting some great five-star ratings on the uh, all the podcast platforms, likes, comments, um, subscribe to the channel. All that stuff shows us that you really enjoy uh, listening to this, and we really appreciate all that. And if you want to support us financially and you don't know how, you don't want to spend any extra money, if you're shopping for any other TCGs on TCGplayer.com, just use our affiliate link down below. You pay the same prices you normally would, but it gives a little kickback to us. Um, you can do the TCG Player link in the description, or you can... Uh, go to shop, uh, sorry, bit.ly slash shop TCGs. That's bit.ly slash shop TCGs. All right. So with those out of the way, Jordan, this is, yeah. this is a tough question. Uh, what's well, it's an interesting question. Really love an episode that compares altered and star Wars unlimited. So where, where do we begin? I think there's, a, I think there's a compare and there's a contrast uh, to go through here. Um, so go ahead. Why don't you why don't you lead us into it? OK, so as far as the similarities, we'll get those out of the way because those are the easiest to identify um, and it'll kind of help structure the rest of the discussion. We'll take each one and discuss it a little in depth and why each game is different in those respects, even though on face value, they seem similar. I'm going to um, pause first... you really quick just because I realized I want to put a little extra context in because we want people who have no idea what's going on. Star Wars Unlimited. Okay. Fantasy, it's a new card game coming from Fantasy Flight Games, using Star Wars, obviously, releasing actually in just a couple of weeks from this podcast, releasing March 6th or so, right at the beginning of March. Um, it's releasing globally, and um, it it also, like we mentioned in the beginning, also had demos that, that kicked off at Gen Con, um, and Jordan's about to go through the similarities between the two rule sets, but just this is why this is coming up. They're both releasing this year. And and that's kind of interesting. So go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. In addition to it being interesting, they're, they're both of them have similar esque rules, but they're also very different and divulgent than the normal 
uh, I guess, landscape of TCGs right now, as far as like how the game is played, which is another reason why we kind of wanted to talk about it. Because not only are they different than the normal TCG, but they're similar to each other. Um, and some of those ways are similar is each game, um, or we'll assume you're slightly familiar with Altered at the very least, has uh, a resource system where at the beginning of the game, you get X amount of cards, you put three down, and then throughout the game, you'll draw two cards and you may put one down to add more resource. Both games have basically a similar resource structure to that system. Unlimited Another is two cards at the start, but yeah, they're both oh, it's draw two, two and put... Okay, yeah. I thought it was they're... three. <laughs> yeah, that's how much Jordan's been focusing on altered. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, but they're both, yeah, both draw two and put one down each turn. Yeah. Um, the next one is each game has two zones. In altered, it's the hero and companion zone. In Star Wars, you got your space and your ground zone. Um, and again, we'll we'll divulge a little bit into the details of what makes them different in a bit, but I just want to get to the last couple things that make them similar. Um, the next point that makes them similar is, oh no, now I just, oh, they're back and forth turn structure. Yes. Instead of something like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! where Dan has his turn, he does his, you know, the multiple steps of his turn, and then he passes and then the turn goes to me and I have my steps. Instead... After the draw phase, which we do basically simultaneously, um, then in player order, we'll choose who gets to put a resource or if you want to put a resource down. Then we go to the main phase where the starting player does an action. Then it swaps over to Dan. He does an action. And then it swaps back to me and it continues back and forth until both of us pass. And then we transition to whatever phase comes next. And both of those games have a similar action structure to that as well. But is there anything else I'm forgetting as far as their core similarities? I feel like there's one more, but I can't, I don't remember what it is. Um, I, I don't, well, I mean, they both, they both have a uh, leader type card that you're using a leader or a hero yes, card. Yes, that's what it is. Both of them I think have that's a leader or a champion or a hero, whichever term you're, you're, you wish to go by that you'll build your deck around that starts in the field and generally has some effect that helps with the synergy or deck or gives you some benefit or has some activatable abilities. Oh, and also another small thing is whatever hero you choose also dictates to some degree what the contents of your deck can be. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a pretty good breakdown of the similarities that we see in the, the two games and, like we said, when we sat down at Gen Con and, and tried them out, uh, we had just got left the Star Wars demo. We sat down and like when they started explaining the rules, we're like this is oddly familiar um, because they do really feel right away, right? Like on just on turn one, it was like this feels just weirdly similar that I'm 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 thinking of some of the same things. Which of these cards do I want right now? Which which uh, or which can I just put into mana and not have access to for the rest of the game? Um, where, which side do I want to play to this turn? Um, it's, you know, just some things like that, that you're, you're thinking about that feels pretty similar, but I think Jordan, you and I agree now after playing, um, a bunch of each game, uh, I, despite those surface level similarities, I think the games are very significantly different in the headspace that you're in even moment to moment in each game. Um, oh, 100%. 100%. 
let's they both let's feel talk about very different to play uh yes. like i said at, at surface value when you first sit down you're gonna be like this is the same game and then literally probably by the end of turn two or even maybe even the end of turn one depending on what kind of decks you guys are using you're already going to be like all right this game is definitely a different beast than the other um, but yeah I wanna... we can get into why that is the case yeah i, I want to start at like sort of the the surface level differences some of the most obvious ones and then dig a little deeper as we go into what i think are some of the more nuanced differences that actually make a, a pretty big impact still um so surface level difference number one uh altered is a single faction game even we, we have we have out of faction cards right but star wars unlimited is a actually a two or three color game in every single deck because of the way the aspect system works in there you have either what's that up to you don't have to play two or three colors if you didn't want to you no, it is a two or three color game because you have you have heroism or villainy in every deck then you also have either two of the same or two different colors added on to that between blue green red and yellow it's not possible to have a only single color deck if you consider heroism and villainy colors. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I just meant that, but there's nothing in the rules that bars you from only playing a single color deck if you really wanted to. It is impossible reason. to do that because there Wait, are no is? cards that would allow you to do that. Yes. <laughs> um, hero, in, in, we're, I don't want to get too into the weeds of a Star Wars Unlimited, but okay. just to make sure everyone yeah, I haven't looked so. at the whole card pool, but I just assumed there'd be some like non-hero so, or villain there, cards that both sides could use. There are, there are some, um, but leader-wise, I mean leader wise your leader is always either heroes more villainy and one other aspect so every leader in the game is either heroism vigilance heroism cunning villainy vigilance villainy cunning villainy aggression like there's nothing yeah. that's just villainy or there's nothing that's just vigilance oh yeah for sure um, i just meant like your your main deck you could build it solo okay. color if you wanted to sure Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you could. I, I know. Your deck I know would be very have, bad. Have two symbols, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have. To. That's why I said you wouldn't want yep. to, but I mean you technically could. Okay. Okay. All right. Fine. You know what? Technically correct is still correct. So, <laughs> when you're right, you're right, Jordan. Um, it would be a bad deck. Typically, <laughs> typically you would be using the because the cards that have heroism or uh, villainy are more powerful generally because they're okay. more specific um so but i you know what thank you for that because that actually gets at an, an interesting point that i think i'm gonna i'm gonna use as sort of an overarching thesis statement in between everything we're going to be kind of hitting in these contrasting these but one thing that's just very different about star wars unlimited is that um and this isn't i don't want people to mistake me this is going to be like when I say top five competitive TCGs and people get mad that I don't call their favorite TCG competitive. That's not, I'm not saying anything. There, no, there's no value judgment in this statement is what I'm trying to say. Star Wars Unlimited is a more intricate, complex, detailed gameplay experience, which is not inherently a good thing. Uh, just like if that if that makes sense it is it is a it's a game that presents to you and we'll talk about this more in some of the other differences more levers and more knobs and more buttons to toy with 
in uh in deck building i mean naturally three three factions versus one even with the out of faction cards just naturally there's like um there's there's just a wider per number of permutations of of deck builds because of that um in in and we'll talk about some of the other ones in gameplay and everything too but there's just more there's more little things to pay attention to um for some people that's awesome like for some people they're like yes yes i want like every little detail i can toy with i want and like there here's an example of where that goes overboard um you know we, we talk a little bit about universes sometimes so universes is a game where the resource system is is pretty widely open and every single card has like 12 different things that you have to pay attention to on it so when you're building a deck it's like well yeah but my block zones are bad now so i gotta like take these cards out and put in some other cards that have better black zone block zones on them and like and like for some people that's awesome for some people they're like yes i love toying with that and other people that's just obnoxious that's uh unnecessary it's marginal gains on the decision making i think altered is a cleaner a cleaner game in general it's like a it's a game where it's has it has fewer but more impactful decisions um that you make i'm not saying decision trees aren't deep because i i've been i've playing muna with with card draw and and anchoring everything like you guys can watch the last gameplay video and, and i talk about how if i had put one thing in a different expedition two turns ago it would completely change how i'm playing this turn <laughs> like it's it's funny how that works um, but that's just, that is a, I think something that a lot of these things will, will hit home on. The first one I want to point out is just that your deck building, your heads, your headspace for deck building is very different, um, in the games where I, I found in deck building and altered, it's very much about, I, I have the faction, I have the hero, and then I'm really trying to optimize which, how my rare slot usage um for that as well as my common slot usage and figuring out like is this a card i can get away with playing at common to preserve rare slots for some other powerful cards or is this a card i need at rare because it's critical to the strategy to be able to have this um how many like how many out of faction rares do i just i need to play and i don't have any other option to play that effect um in that go wide muna deck i was playing isun boshi as one of my rare slots because I just don't have a lot of one drops and I wanted to go wide. <laughs> I needed more one drops. I'm like, Boshi it is. He's my only option. It's my, one of my rare slots. <laughs> so um, what do you, what do you think about that, Jordan? Um, I agree basically on, on most of the points he presented. Um, I think the deck building in Star Wars is just inherently more open since the entire card pool is at your disposal. Um, we mentioned the one to three factions, but unless they've changed the rules from Gen Con, which I guess is possible, you technically can even run cards that you don't have a faction of at all. They just yes. cost more. So like, I mean, obviously, unless the card's doing something really good for your strategy, you probably won't even consider it. But just having it as an option means that's something that you will have to consider at some point. Um, versus Altered, I like the terminology of using clean because it being stuck to one faction, you can filter everything else out while you're building a deck if you're sure you want to play you know muna you filter everything that isn't moon out and you can just have a smaller pool to deal with and kind of pro weigh the pros and cons of each card and then like you said you also have the uh, distinctions of which cards do i use my limited rare and unique slots on 
what thing am I trying to do here real well? What cards in out of faction rares are going to give me something that I just can't even get normally in my color? Got to prioritize those. Um, so both games have pretty deep um, considerations with their deck construction, but just by nature, Star Wars Unlimited just has a more tinkery person's deck construction if that makes sense like there's a lot more to tinker with like you said there's a lot more knobs that you can tweak in a star wars unlimited deck than there's going to be in an altered deck um you know like i said there's still plenty of knobs and altered you got so many considerations of like what bases are you covering are you going wide are you zoning in on one thing what are you going to do for defense do you have enough interaction with your opponent's side like there's still plenty to consider we're not saying the altered is simplistic by any means because it's really not um it's 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 got a lot of harsh decisions to be made star wars limited just happens to have more i think on that train of thought too um another another big difference is actually well it's actually a subtle difference is the number of resources you start with three versus two um Mm. this is a point towards I think alters uh, alters range of options because starting with three resources makes turn one uh, a lot more open in altered uh, than it is in Star Wars Unlimited. In Star Wars Unlimited, there are uh, I mean, typically when you build a Star Wars Unlimited deck, you are you start by looking at how many uh, turn one plays you have, how many turn one uh, one drops and two drops. You need to have enough to be able to kind of play and interact with your opponent early on. Um. But in in altered, that is a consideration, but it's not actually as big of one because a lot of your deck, a lot of the time can be played on turn one. And it's pretty hard to not have a six card hand with altered doesn't even have a mulligan. Um, it's pretty hard to not have a six card hand with a playable in it. Uh, but then weaning down sometimes what your turn one plays are going to be is pretty is a little is pretty tricky you have do i play a one drop on one side and a two drop on the other do i play i mean if i have a one drop do i just play a two drop on one side um is it important to save the one drop at some point because like if your opponent plays the other side and the one drop doesn't beat them on that side then you know that's that's something you have to think about too maybe the one drop has a reserve effect on it and you're like, well, but I want to have the access to that reserve effect next turn. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe the one drop, maybe you have the two drop, you have, a, you have two two drops, but one two drop costs one out of reserve and the other one costs two out of reserve. And if you can put the one that costs one out of reserve into your reserve, then next turn you can play a three drop and play that one drop out of reserve. And like, so altered very quickly offers you a suite of options that you then have to immediately refine down when you choose to put three mana orbs in. Um, yeah. And uh, Star Wars Unlimited, I tend to find having played a lot of games, my turn one is very simple. It's usually I put it, I put a two drop down. I choose one of the two arenas. I put a two drop down. Um, only recently I've been playing a Luke deck where I put a one drop down. I put a shield on it. That's my new, that's my new thing. Like, so it's, that's, that's where it's like point to altered in terms of like range of options and just, just proving that I'm not saying that altered does is like a simple baby game or anything. Um, but yeah, it, that, it's different how you play your turn one out for sure in both. Yeah. And actually kind of riffing off some of the notes that you had in there to get to some of the extra differences here um, that 
make the game just holistically a different beast reserve in there's so many more things to consider when you consider the fact that you reserve cards in altered um, and you can replay cards and the cards or the characters that you play and some of the spells you play are going to be usable a second time and they go away at the end of turn and star wars you drop a dude unless someone kills that dude he's there until the end of time or until you do something to him or your opponent does something and this one in altered you have to make considerations for this turn along with you know your next turn or the turn after that whether like you said with the reserve cost thing you need to be thinking a couple more steps ahead out of necessity like in star wars limited of course like all card games you're thinking ahead as well but those lines of play um, for lack of a better word are a little more obvious to a player simply because you know i don't have three resources obviously i can't play it this turn but next turn i will that's an option now um and whether you play um another great example of the differences is the sides you play in altered any card for the most part, there's a few cards that specifically say where they go, um, but most of the cards can be played player choice left or right side or hero or companion side. That choice is yours to make and what you do is going to affect what the opponent does, which can affect your next thing. Um, it kind of cascades versus Star Wars Unlimited. For the most part, the cards go to a designated zone. So if you wanted to play a, you know, a stormtrooper, he has to go to the ground zone because that's where he's played starship has to go to space there's no interaction there there's still meaningful plays there because when you play it who you play it like who's on the field when you play it, like those are still a million and one considerations but with altered it adds that little extra branch of what side am i playing this on for and what's my opponent possibly playing have they committed to a side do they have enough mana to play anything on this side will this allow me to free win like it, uh, those multiple things, the reserve and the ability to play on both sides are huge differences, which cause both games to play very different. When you're sitting down as a player, your mindset turn to turn is going through completely different things in each game. Even though you're still just going back and forth, you're still choosing a side and playing stuff on, your considerations are vastly different in each game because of those small but very impactful changes to how the game is played. One of the um, one of the biggest, I think, changes to how your headspace kind of operates is that in altered, there is no soft pass. Uh, there's no way to just pass and see what your opponent does, except if you're playing Izmir, right? <laughs> um, Izmir can just after you and then you're all right. All right, fine. I'll play, um, which does make in altered. uh it does actually give even more value again to those lower cost drops, like one, one, one cost effects and everything uh, can be a really cheeky way to just get your opponent to commit to a side. And I, and I think that's something that actually players don't necessarily catch right away when they start playing altered, like how good it is to like, it's okay. It's okay to not play a five drop the turn you have five mana available. In fact, I don't know if you want to do that all that often. Um, because that just means you're only committing to one side there where like you play a one drop, your opponent puts a four drop down. That four drop only has a one or a zero or something in one of its stats. Maybe you're playing Lyra and that'll happen. Um, and then suddenly it's like, OK, so all I have to do is put a one or a two drop over there and I can actually still progress on that uh, if I if I'm standing on that stat. 
Um, and now I can put something on the other side and I might actually get two progressions this turn all because I took the time to see what my opponent is playing first. Um, and, and that is like, that is interesting and not something that happens in Star Wars Unlimited because in Star Wars Unlimited, like you said, it's like ground guy goes to ground, <laughs> space guy goes to space. Um, plenty of decision making in, in how that game works, but it's not the same. It's just not the same, like that moment to moment gameplay is different in each one but that lack of a soft pass at the same time leads to back to what i was saying about this sort of like cleaner more straightforward uh turn to turn kind of game where there one of the biggest and most difficult power moves in star wars unlimited is star wars unlimited uses a concept called taking the initiative taking the initiative is saying um in alternate passes back and forth it says my turn your turn my you know i start this round you start this round i start this round you start this round in stars unlimited you can either player each turn can take an action which says i'm going to take the initiative that means i start next round once you do that though you pass the rest of your your, you know you're done for that turn you're done for that round um and in Stars Unlimited, you'll you'll get in a situation. Stars Unlimited has attacking, so like you ha- you can attack as a way to take an action as well. Instead of you don't always have to play a card like you do in Altered. Um, Altered, of course, has no attacking, which is great for a lot of people too, just thematically speaking. Um, but you may get to a situation where you look at the board and you go, "My opponent doesn't have anything else to do. I still have one or two attacks that I could make." But if I make those attacks, then my opponent takes the initiative. If they take the initiative, the next round, when they have one more resource, they're going to get the first play. That play could get rid of my really huge thing that I've already attacked with or something that I want to attack with them one more time. I need to use this to take out something on their side. So, um, I mean, this this is common, actually. Common sort of decision space where you go, I'm, I think I need to take the initiative now and forgo some of my actions literally literally just giving up value because then having it on that next turn will be more valuable your opponent can also see that coming right and they might just go if i do if i play this card right now then i'm going to be tapped out my opponent's probably going to take the initiative and then i won't get to do this thing first that i need to do to stop their big thing so your opponent can actually take the initiative a turn earlier too um this is a a player agency thing Basically, where it's it's like you just have a little more power, a little more control into how how you are taking actions each turn um, and how you are setting yourself up into the next turn. That is very fun for some people to think about and um, also adds a pretty significant like uh, analysis and sometimes analysis paralysis hurdle. Um, that isn't always as fun for people. Some people don't like that as much. Um, and sometimes, uh, I think, I think altered's clean play style is easier for people to get into where they don't get to like realize, like, like, honestly, this decision is so important and limited that it determines who wins the game. A lot of the time you get to one of these later turns and like, I just lost the game because I chose not to take the initiative. Um, and that is kind of a bummer sometimes. Um, again, it's, it comes down to player preferences and and what players like, but I find that playing altered, um, has plenty of important decisions to make 
plenty. We could watch those gameplay videos, watch my Bravos opponent play to the wrong side one time and probably give the game up because they did that. Um, but they're not always, those are, those are uh, like decisions that players kind of sign up for and, and enjoy making. Um, whereas decisions like taking the initiative, um, is not always something that, that people find as fascinating, um, depending on the person. So I think it just kind of depends on, on what you like, but I, I like both personally. I've like, I vibe with both of them. Um, but that's like, that's where Alter just feels a little more straightforward and, and cleaner to me. 100%. I was actually just going to go into the, the difference that you already brought up, which was the taking initiative portion, covered it eloquently. Um, but yeah, like you said, that creates that extra space, that extra potential for mind games in Star Wars Unlimited, which is still somewhat present in Altered because you can choose to do, you know, like you said, do a one drop just to kind of gauge what your opponent does maybe they do a low card and you're like "Mm, do i commit now and show what i'm going to do this turn or do i keep going small until it's too late now i can't do the big play and star wars limited you're trying to think of you know weighing the value pros and cons of going first next turn is it absolutely important that i grab initiative or can i sacrifice first next to do some extra value here right now um it's really like i said that we can't say it enough. The headspace that you'll be in in both games will be in the similar Venn diagram, but you're going to be on opposite corners of that Venn diagram. You'll be in that same bubble in the middle, but one player, the altered player is going to be, you know, down here in the region. The Star Wars player is going to be up here in the corner up here. Like you'll be doing similar, but very distinctly different actions that you're going to think about differently. And it's, even more apparent if you were to play them side by side, like play a game of Star Wars Unlimited, play a game of Altered, play a Star Wars, play an Altered, and you'll notice that flip switch each time you sit down to each game where you might see certain patterns bleed into the other game. And you're like, no, that's that's the that's not going to work here. Yeah, that, that line of play is. Believe not me, I know that. Give me value. Yeah, <laughs> Dan's been doing a lot of flipping, and he's uh, he's definitely uh, going through that now. I'll be going through it too soon too because now demo and pre-release for star wars is happening and they're doing all the extra stuff for the road shows in my area there's a couple road shows coming up so actually this saturday there's a road show i'm going to be going to and that same day they have a star wars unlimited uh, like pre-release sealed thing unfortunately i can't do the sealed but they'll have demos running that i'm going to be checking out as well so it'll be exciting and then i have stuff coming up but just basically again hammering home you're making similar decisions but those decisions have very different implications in each game and of course one of the biggest differences that we're going to get to is your win condition how you win the game is drastically different which again it's a big trickle down tree will shape the way you make your decisions in each game which is another reason it feels so different in star wars unlimited your base has a health pool when the health pool reaches zero you're out you're gonzo and altered you got to meet before your opponents meet that has huge implications in stuff like when you're making your decision at that granular level do i decide and altered to just give up the companion side this turn because i don't want to have to deal with that five 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 they put down i could stop it if i wanted to but then i wouldn't gain any ground over here but then you look at that board and you're like can i really afford to let them get one step closer and in star wars limited you're making a similar decision when they do their stuff or what you decide to target but it's 
I want to say it's a little more, uh, it's not as impactful depending on the unit because the units have a wide swath. In Altered, at most, they're only ever moving one on each side. In Star Wars, sometimes you're only taking one damage. You're like, I don't care if that guy sits on the field for a couple turns. He's going to do one damage. I got 30 HP. We're, we're good for a while. I don't have to deal with him. He's not a threat yet. Versus Altered, one you know, one to zero gets them the same thing as nine to zero. So, like, you have to weigh those pros and cons of when to deal with your opponent's side, when to not, when to realize that that's bait, when to go full defense. Like, there's so many things on both games that are just inherently different because of the way the game is actually won. In in Altered, uh, you actually, each round you make a relatively small number of plays. Um, you know, like let's say it's, let's say it's round three. You have six resources. Like, like you might just do one thing. You might do literally just one thing that turn. Like I'm gonna play six drop. Um, you might do several, a one drop, a two drop, a three drop. You might have a quick action in there before you, before you pass or something. Um, but the, the number of things you do again, it's like this number of knobs on the board because you in Star Wars Unlimited, you might have something that you played turn one still in play, still still out there. So the decision making space isn't necessarily smaller um, in in altered. It's that it's more uh, it's just more to the point. It's more focused. It's it's more like here are here are the things that you're doing this turn plenty of options with each one. Which side do you play it to? Um, you know, how can you lead your opponent into a trap doing, you know, one thing or another, but it's just, it's just more straightforward And the wind condition, you know, like you were saying, altered has a sort of a four turn minimum in order to meet those two tokens. They have to move seven. You have to get seven movements total. You can't do three movements in a turn without, a very special card effect. I think that you will not see until late in the game. I don't think it's been spoiled yet, but um, not something you're doing in the first few turns uh, very easily. But in a Star Wars Unlimited, you can just like, like you, a turn three win is possible in Star Wars Unlimited uh, because it's just building things on the board and compounding power over and over again. Um, and that's sort of like, compounding complexity board state thing is something that happens unlimited. Whereas because of altered's reset every single turn, and then that sort of like naturally slightly longer game plan, depending on how the deck shakes out, um, you are each round is just kind of like that clean slate, build, 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 erase, clean slate, build, 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 erase. Um, that, you know, again, it's like, it's, it's a, it just, I, the best word I have is clean. It's just clean. It's clean and easy to play even while having a lot of, of interesting decisions to make. And that the, the play space just, it just feels, it just feels so different. This like competing. This is another thing I want to say. This is really important as you are competing for each side to try and win each side. You can, you could put 16 on every stat on one side. And that doesn't necessarily matter if your opponent only played a two, two, two on that side, right? It doesn't matter at all. In fact, it's just you pointless. You put way too much power on that side, which leads us to the strategy of 
the optimal way to win altered is to put exactly one more stat than your opponent on uh, each side as efficiently as possible um, on the stats that that matter to you for progressing. Uh, defensive play will come into that too, but the point is like the idea is that you just want to be as if as if, as lean as possible. You want to just marginally win each time because that is preserving the most possible value for the future. Um, in Star Wars Unlimited, that is not the case. You want to put out the most possible power outside of the opponent having particular like board wipe type effects or something. You obviously don't want to over what we call overextending in TCGs, which is I did too much stuff where I got punished by a, a, a wide sweeping type of effect where my opponent was able to get accrue extra value because I, I committed too much to the board. Um, that, that, I mean, altered has overcommitting like built into the game. Like you just, you could totally overcommit. Um, you can also totally undercommit, which is again, what that Bravos player did in the gameplay video where they just, they put a, they put a, a Haven trainee out when it lost on all three stats. And I was like, the other side was open. They could have just put it there, but they didn't. Um, I think they just goofed up or something, but that, yeah, my assumption was they thought Haven trainees on play effect wasn't from reserve. It was from hand or something. And so they got, you know, whatever. But point is that that alone leads to a totally different headspace every single turn from that sort of like clean, like I only have so many actions. I can't soft pass to, I want to win on one or two sides. I want to lead the opponent to a bad side and try and sweep them, block them or, or win on the other side to I only want to win by just the right amount so I can preserve my resources, cards, and and uh, the potential to play to the other side as well. Um, all those lead to, are basically like are completely different concepts in Unlimited to the point where I think when you look at the two side by side, it's very easy to right away to go, wow, these are so similar. But when you play them, it's not even close. They're both totally different decision-making concepts. Um, both wonderful games, both ones that we support on main deck massively. Um, but I think the final question that they had was, uh, which one's going to come out on top? And we actually, I mean, we did talk a little, we, we talked a little bit in Gavkin's question about like, about, you know, IPs and everything, but there isn't an answer to that question. Um, realistically, you need a, you need a crystal ball. Um, they're both, I think they're both stunning games and I think they both have a bright future and that's where I will leave that. I'm going to go with star Wars Unlimited trash can game altered best <laughs> game in the world. No. Uh, you just made I, I Eric fallen... so happy. Eric Laz, one of our listeners, you made him so happy right now. I'm i I'm in the same boat as Dan. I love both games. Like they feel different enough to where they both have a spot on my shelf and that I would definitely play at a moment's notice, regardless of who's who's down to play. I'm ready to play both. I'm excited for both. Um, I love Altered quite a bit also because it opens some doors for some of my other friends that normally wouldn't play a normal TCG or you know aren't into Star Wars. Um, so I'm a little bit favored on Altered also just because I'm excited to see 
what they're doing because some of the stuff they're doing outside of the game mechanics, as we all know, are actually if they if they execute it properly like they say they're going to and i trust that they will or at least have the intention of doing it um is literally going to revolutionize the tcg space if they are successful in the next couple years it wouldn't surprise me if other card games were now looking at things like their distribution model like the way they do deck lists and like like even like just their tournament software being built into a deck list submission that is easier and quicker to run um ways to track your like different things i'm not saying everyone's going to be print on demand but there might be some card games that consider it as an option now for certain circumstances um it's just it's doing so much different stuff surrounding the game itself in addition to the game being great that I think both of them are going to be fantastic. I don't think one can really be better than the other. I think it's more of one of those one of those classic vanilla versus chocolate. It's going to come down to what you look for in a card game, whether you think Altered is the better one or whether Star Wars Unlimited is the better one, depending on what kind of gameplay, what kind of lines of play you're looking for. I think the big takeaway I want to I want to really want to hammer home is that like yeah, like you said, taste is just going to be everything there. I think anyone listening to this podcast would enjoy, would potentially enjoy either one, but they just have to, you know, look at it. I mean, obviously altered is going to be the favorite one on this podcast. (laughs) Um, and that's, and that's awesome because it's an incredible game. Um, we didn't talk about how Asmodee actually has uh, a hand in both, um, which is kind of another interesting similarity. Asmodee owns fantasy flight games. They're the exclusive distributor of altered um but it's it's that's also very different ultimately too other than the fact that it made game genic clued into both of them which is awesome because game genic is incredible their their supplies are the stuff they've been making and talking about making for both games are exciting me greatly i'm a big fan of like uh, auxiliary accessories for card games i know i've said that before in a couple of the other podcasts but everything that they got coming out for both games also is pretty pretty sick Yes. And ultimately at the end of the day, these are, these are two, I think of the, the best card games, um, that are going to be on the market in the next year. Um, I certainly don't want anyone to come off of this saying that, you know, Dan hates altered and loves Star Wars Unlimited. So even though Eric's going to say that anyway, (laughs) that's, that's fine. I get a kick out of that. (laughs) Um, I absolutely adore both of them. I was talking to, um, Sugi of the TCG cast. Uh, I, I joined them actually last week uh, for a guest podcast where we talked about Altered. Um, I, I did my best to sell Altered to his listeners. We actually then hopped on Exaltered and did some gameplay videos together as well. Um, and when we caught up over the past weekend at, uh, uh, coincidentally, Star Wars Unlimited event in this in Minneapolis, um, we were we were talking about Altered at the table. And that was, that was actually super fun because I had to... I, um, I was given an, a, a pile of people who started talking about altered. And the first thing they said was, I don't like that the QR codes on the front of the cards. And I was like talking to someone on my right at dinner about that and explaining, or, or maybe they were in front of me, whatever I was like explaining, well, here's what's going on. Here's why. And, and I think, yeah, that's right. It was, it was a uh, Leo of the Johto cast. And he said, well, Dan, I'm upset with you because I don't like that you just completely destroyed me with logic and <laughs> and you've changed my mind. Um, and I said, great, that's awesome. And then uh, 
they people to my left chimed in and they were like, we heard you were talking about altered. And I said, yeah. And someone said, yeah, I don't like the QR code on the front of the card. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Um, and we talked, we talked a bunch about the game and uh, like, I remember Sugi saying at one point too, that like what he enjoys is that when he sits down to play um, both games, he has a great time. When he sits down to play altered, he feels like despite it having great decision-making super good, um, you know, super, super deep thought processes. Sometimes he felt that it was just a little more chill. It was like a, it was like kind of a relaxed gameplay experience. And, and again, I, you know, I think part of that is just that where, you know, where the game chooses to give you agency in, in um, the decisions that you're making, they're very focused on bigger plays, bigger playmaking that have far reaching consequences, but they're just bigger. They're less, it's less minutia. It's less minutia in deck building. It's less minutia in how you take your actions necessarily. It's just a little more straightforward. Um, and that I think really lends to, if, if you're a player who just likes to really just enjoy the gameplay experience, like without feeling like you are like in the tank, like critical decision, or I'm going to lose the game. Those happen, but I think they're kind of masked. It's like, it's just through the process of making these kind of bigger, cleaner, simpler, um, simpler to, to, to see decisions on the surface. Um, and I think that's Alter's greatest strength and what really makes it whenever I do my gameplay videos are the most fun videos I'm doing right now, because I just get to, I have a blast the whole time. Um, and that's what I love about altered. Amazing. Um, there is one more thing I want to go over as far as differences in the game before we, uh, close out here. Um, another important consideration is the characters you're going to play in each game are also just distinctly different in Mm -hmm. star Wars. Like we said before, they have a health value. They'll die when their health is zero and your base does. Huh? Your base has a health value. Oh, oh sorry. What's when the, you what de- the, or the when you actual... deploy the here? Are you talking about when you deploy your character? Or no, no, no I meant like the characters, like stormtrooper and stuff. Technically, yes, the hero oh, becomes a I'm playable sorry. unit. Sorry, it's called units in Star Wars. Card terminology, it? man, it gets so confusing. Yeah. Sorry, yes, Star Wars Limited units. is unit. In altered, <laughs> it's character. Okay, so characters and units are also just very distinctly different because in Star Wars Unlimited, they have a health value. When they die, they'll they'll leave. In altered, as we discussed before, they leave play at the end of you know the turn unless you have some extra effect keeping them there. But on a different level, their stat lines also just functionally different. In altered, yeah. you have three different stats that help you decide what you're going to do. In addition to the middle play area, that's deciding what stats you progress on and what stats you need to stop your opponent from progressing on. Um, that's a very distinct difference in how you approach what you're doing and what character is used when and where. Um, in Star Wars Limited, you have your attack value and your health value to consider, which are, again, two different stats, but are weighed differently than you would in something like Altered. You don't have to worry about them being, you know, attacked or, you know, removed this turn, but you know they're gone this turn regardless. Um, those are also very different mentalities in the way you approach and value the cards that go in your deck, kind of like you were saying, like... You want to kind of be more heavy-handed in Star Wars Limited because the more power potentially means a quicker game end versus altered. 
if you have a 16, 16, 16, it might as well just be the opponent's plus one because it's yep. going to be the same effectively. Uh, I just wanted to mention that last bit because that is a very distinct difference as well. Just the stat lines in general functionally change how you view the units in your deck. Yeah, I I like... I hope people, I hope listeners can take away from this that there are, uh, there are a stark amount of differences between these two games, despite the fact that on the the very surface level, it they they look quite similar, and all those differences add up to very very different feel of gameplay between the two games. Um, I would be incapable of picking a a game that I think is my favorite. It probably would just shift day to day. It might shift on which one I played most recently. Um, they are both really, really good games that um, people are welcome to look into. But as we have an altered audience for our altered podcast, um, I just want to impress that I, I have so much joy uh, in my heart from playing altered. I am looking forward to continuing to make more podcasts, more, more altered gameplay videos. Um, I don't want listeners to think that at any point we're trying to, cause I think some people would use a podcast like this to transition, like, and that's why we're covering all uh, star Wars instead of altered now or something like, like kind of like a soft, like transition. Um, I'm insane. So I'm covering both. Uh, going forward, but I have people here like Jordan who are, who are anchoring me pun intended um, to ensure we have every at minimum, every two weeks altered content. But my goal is going forward to have content for each game uh, on a weekly basis um, to ensure that, that, that consistency is being met. Altered is going to deliver something that Star Wars Unlimited can't. Which is great because every game is going to deliver something that another game can't. But um, talking with the devs about their their absolute passion for the story and the lore that they're developing and their desire to work in organized play that allows factions to be chosen, players to be working together with their factions for common goals and gameplay, organized play events that impact the lore of the game in an actual like tangible way going forward. That's not something that star Wars can do. I mean, license, you know, like oh, there's no way they can do anything like that. Um, star Wars is going to focus highly on a competitive gameplay experience for organized play. Uh, and I think altered is going to be the game where I, I'm looking forward to making friends with all of the other Muna ardent supporters, um, probably squaring off against Jordan uh, when he is with his Axiom engineer buddies, and we have to remind them that nature was here first, and nature will be here when he's gone. Um, and that kind of that kind of faction or lore focused gameplay is I think going to be one of the greatest strengths of, of Altered when we actually start to see that organized play develop. Um, and probably the thing I'm most looking forward to once the actual game releases, to seeing how that pans out. Exactly. I think it's going to be a joy. 
Um, I'm very excited for everything Altered has to come. Um, like we, like we both been saying, you're not, you're not uh, going down a wrong road with either game. Uh, but you should really choose the Alter one. I think it's going <laughs> to offer, if anything, like Dan said, it's going to offer a unique experience that's uniquely just uniquely different than a normal TCG. Um, Star Wars Unlimited has the classic, you know, organized play style focus. This is going to bring something to the table that, you know, in addition to a great card game, something that other card games just won't have at their disposal. In addition to just seeing all the other cool stuff the game has to offer and the ease at which you can have your collection and print cards. And it's it's going to be a joy. I'm excited for the future of card gaming. So I'm excited to see you guys uh, in the altered TCG space. The future of card gaming is right. I mean, that's that is that's what they're doing. That's what they're trying to do, right? So that's I mean, that's the other big thing about Altered. Like, if you're here, probably because you're you're curious, you're interested, you want to see how Altered plays out and affects the industry, and so do we, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as the day comes to a close, that was our fleeting thoughts. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and we look forward to talking with you in two weeks. See you later. Bye, everyone. Thank you.